welcome to another episode of the Straight Shooting Rants. My name is Straight Shooting LJA and welcome to another episode of the Straight Shooting Rants. Now, I'd like to open up by saying that politics seems to be rife with sellouts at the moment. From Keir Starmer of the Labour Party to the Tories with Pretty Patel, Sean Bailey and Tony Sewell. The last of which I'll discuss in detail a bit later. But one thing I will say about those who sell out their own is that once those you sold out have no more you sold out to, sorry, those who you sold out to, once they have no more use for you, you'll get chucked on the scrap heap like Chaka Umona. So pretty, Sean, Tony, you may want to open your eyes to that fact. But with that being said, I'm here to briefly discuss institutional racism. It would take a long time to delve deep into it. But from disproportionately applied stop and search laws and initiatives like Operation Trident to biased hiring practices and glass ceilings in companies to education where the elite are picked from an extremely limited cultural pool and disproportionately poor test results plague deprived um, communities and also double standards from the media such as Boris Johnson and some of the comments he's made Piers Morgan same thing because remember he resigned quote unquote from GMB but yeah just a few examples of how institutional racism can actually negatively affect people who'd have funk it but the reason why I mention this is because of the the results of the government's highly anticipated, so it was called, race report, which was commissioned in the wake of the Black Lives Matter protests, which rejected suggestions that Britain is still an institutionally racist country. Now, it's a 264-page report, and it somehow concluded that the UK has become a more open society where children from many ethnic minorities perform as well or substantially better than white pupils in compulsory education. So comprehensive schools. Yeah, there's already a flaw there. But the government also said that the landmark report challenges the view that Britain has failed to make process progress sorry, in tackling racial inequality, suggesting the well-meaning idealism of many young people who claim the country is still institutionally racist is actually not borne out by the evidence. And that comes, that came at least, after numerous reports published back in 2020 that cited evidence of structural inequalities, including the Public Health England review of disparities in the risk and outcomes of COVID, um, the 2020 review there, and the Lawrence review, and also the Windrush Lessons Learned review of 2020 as well. But for me, denying institutional racism or structural racism exists and saying issues of race are becoming less important leads to the ignorant viewpoint of thinking that things are fine when urgent and sweeping reforms are needed in many sectors. Because trying to dismiss institutional racism by just blaming it on historical instances is borderline moronic. Because for me, that actually ignores the fact that the brutal and racist history of this country is what's directly contributed to the situation we're now in, here in Brexit Britain. I mean, the commission suggested that some communities continue to be haunted 
by historic cases of racism, creating deep mistrust in the system, which prevents them from being successful. Which I think is a piss takers alive. Because that's essentially victim blaming. Saying that saying basically move on because historical instances of racism that you were a victim of are holding you back that's literally victim blame but it's like you were the victim of it but you gotta move on because it's holding you back and Tony Saul the um the chairman of the commission for race and ethnic, um, ethnic disparities previously actually made comments denying the existence of institutional racism and saying that creating a multi-ethnic society is hard and racial disparities exist wherever a society is being forced but he added that a country should be an example to other white majority countries this country I mean, the commission believes that if these recommendations are implemented, um, it will give a further burst of momentum to the story of our country's progress to a successful multi-ethnic and multicultural community, a beacon to the rest of Europe and the world. And it's like, to me, that's basically saying, oh, well, it's hard to get rid of racism so we'll try to try and do something maybe but it's so hard that probably nothing will change so we probably won't do anything and being and for me being a beacon to other countries as a comment that's hilarious because that to me shows that any action will just be a token gesture just to show others and say oh look what we did and the fact that, to that Sewell denied the existence of institutional racism basically backs that up. And Boris Johnson is saying, oh, we have to acknowledge that thousands of people, that when thousands of people march peacefully for Black Lives Matter, you can't ignore that. And it's like, I, he also said, I as a leader, someone in government, I can't ignore the strength of feeling. And to me, that's a joke of a statement. Because it basically says, we can ignore what's happening generally and what's happening every day, but we can't ignore it when people march en masse about it. We can't ignore people marching. Which to me is ironic because the government has, pushed, has been pushing through recently with laws trying to, make it, trying to make it illegal to protest, or at least unlawful. So, talking out of both sides of their neck, as per usual, with this Tory government. But you can't claim to be multicultural when those you claim to be welcoming and helping are overrepresented, but only for negative reasons, in my view. Largely because of the system that this country is built on. Or in other words, I'll put it this way. Just because you have an employee from a black and or minority ethnic background, it doesn't mean you're not a potentially racist company. Because you can't claim to be diverse, but only have one race represented at the top tables. Just look at football for an for just one example of many. I mean, remember that institutional racism isn't all, isn't just towards black people. We may be the worst affected, but we're not the only ones affected by it. And I've heard some try and spin slavery as a positive as well. Sewell, hilariously moronic enslavement of an entire race for hundreds of years the destruction of what that group of people held dear and the destruction of the psyche of those people is still felt today and to try and spin that as anything other than an atrocity is just beyond what 
And this country, for me, needs to stop denying and trying to hide what it is and what it has been. Because, for me, all that does is just hold up the same exploitative system that perpetuates these problems and really exacerbates these issues. Because, like, for me, I'd kind of like to know who commissioned and funded this study, like, specifically, like, individuals, not just, oh, the government did. Because, for me, that will show the angle that they're coming from. And once again, to that sellout Tony Saul, the, the only reason I believe that you're in the position you're in is because of selling out your own kind and kissing ass. Yes, Saul, selling out and kissing ass. I mean, we, we as a country may not be as bad as America in some respects, but that is actually nothing to be proud of at all. And for me, the fact that there was even a discussion, let alone an argument, about pulling down statues of slave owners and the fact that us black people only make up about 2% of the population but around 25% of the prison inmate population that shows already that there's a lot of work to be done especially when you think about overt racism because for me overt racism is actually a byproduct of institutional racism because institutional racism, in my view, actually advocates, indirectly advocates overt racism. And that's had a major upward trend since the build-up to the Brexit vote. Divide and conquer using institutional racism as a backdrop is not a fantasy. It is fact. And you can't use or manufacture exceptions to the rule and make the exceptions the rule. Because that just creates a dangerous culture of, ah, things must not be that bad, so we must be doing okay. Which for me is nothing but ignorance and laziness. I mean, I'm tempted to call Tony Sewell, Tony Sewer, because all he does is talk shit. Trying to play down the impact of slavery, saying, oh, it built, oh, it basically built up black people to make themselves into, what's, into, what's it, British Africans that they are today. No, bro. This not no. It wasn't positive at all. So for me, it's one of them was Tony Sewer, as I'm going to call you from now on. Well done, you world class sellout. Well done. Because remember, I said, I said, people like you, Tony Sewell. People like you, Pretty Patel. People like you, Sean Bailey. Once the establishment is done with you, you are done. And you can't go back to the communities that you have shafted because they won't want you. So <laughs> you got to think about what you're doing. How much is that cushy job you've got really worth? Anyway, Tony Saul trying to say that there's not institutional racism in this country, as said, is just hilariously moronic and laughable. But it is of no surprise to me that this government would not only commission and fund that report and those and come out with that outcome it's no it's of no surprise but the fact is this government has botched and they know that they've done it there's it's that conservative government apathy and idiocy in equal measure that this 264 page report by an utter sellout called tony sewell aka tony sewer is 
allowed to even make it out to the public and allowed to even try and say that institutional racism, oh yeah, the effects of it are not that bad. Oh, no, no, it's, it's cool. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's not as impactful as you think. No. No. Every single day, people like me from black and minority ethnic communities, we like I, I can walk into a store now and I know I'm going to get followed by security guards because of the colour of my skin. I don't have to have my hood up. I don't have to be wearing a mask or anything like that. I'm, I mainly wear my mask out in public, and I'll admit this to you guys. I mainly wear it out in public, not just for safety reasons, but mainly because mainly when I go into a shop, I know I'm the first person on the list to potentially get hassled because of what I look like. Because I already, I know that any time I go into a shop, and this is not anecdotal, it happens every single time someone like me goes into a shop. Young, black, it's one of them ones, where's it? Young, black, male, it's one of them ones. I go into a shop, I'm getting followed around. I know that. I know it, I feel it, I see it every time I go into a shop. And that is institutionalized. That is institutionalized because security guards in their training, they are taught to basically pick out. They won't say it blatantly. And that's the thing about institutional racism. It's not always blatant and overt. It is very much covert. <clears throat> there are certain little things that, oh, if this person dresses this kind of way or looks a certain way, those kind of lines there. Where it's one of them ones where if they walk a certain way, it's like you're basically profiling. And I said the stop and search laws. <laughs> it's like Operation Trident. Oh, we're trying to stop black on black violence. No, you're not. You're trying to give yourselves an out clause when you start profiling people. I've been stop and searched on occasions. I got stop and searched years ago when um, when I was when I was about 18. Well, actually, I was about 16, 17. Outside my own college. Why? Because apparently I fit the description of someone um, who'd stolen someone's car keys. Yeah, that sort of thing. That's institutional. That's profiling. That's covert. And that's covert enough where you can get away with it and say, well, based on reasonable suspicion, and you can get away with doing it. That's institutionalized. Because that's not one person against you, that's a system against you. So it's one of them where it's like, ugh, the, the whole thing about fitting a description, that's institutionally racist. It really is. But anyway, this 264-page report saying that institutional racism basically doesn't exist and tries to minimize the impact of it. What do you think? Comment section is below. I am Straight Shooting LJA at SSLJA on Twitter. Tweet with me, follow me. I want to know your views. Remember also I am Facebook.com forward slash Straight Shooting No G LJA. Facebook.com forward slash Straight Shooting LJA. You know what? Drop me a line. Drop me a line on my Facebook page. And it's one of them ones, it's one of them ones as well. Whereas I remember you can catch the straight shooting rants on Podomatic, on Player FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify as well. It's one of them ones where it's like, what do you think about that 264-page report by Tony Sewell? Is he right? Is he wrong? I personally think he's 
dead wrong. Dead wrong. Tony Sewer is dead wrong. Institutional racism exists in Brexit Britain. And if anything, it's thriving in Brexit Britain. But, hey, I have been straight shooting LJA and I want to know your views. That said, comment section is below. Thank you for your time. And I will see you next time on the Straight Shooting Rants. Take it easy, peeps. Tweet with me, follow me at SSLJA. Our comment section is below. Let me know your views.